Hello, all you beautiful people, and uh, welcome to the Mediacoms podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo. Now, this is a podcast about communications and its impacts on the world, whether it's cultural, historical, or, you know, other ones in the future. This is the first episode in a three-part series, and today we will be discussing what communications is, along with how it fits in and impacts our current society. It's interesting. So, my first topic will be, what is communications? Communication, as described by the dictionary, is the, quote, imparting or exchanging of information or news, end quote. This can be seen in a bunch of forms, such as visual, mental, thinking, vocal, information being passed from person to person. Although communications comes in a lot more forms, it's so prominent in our day-to-day lives, and even in ourselves. Reading a sign, or reading a book, looking at a picture, or talking to another person, all count as communication. It includes body language, smelling perfume, hearing a bird's chirp in the morning after you wake up. Touching an object, you know, the list just goes on and on. Communications is so extensive. Anyways, you you get the point. Basically, we communicate every day. And the world and other people communicate back to us as well. That's some surface level thinking, though. Since it is, as I stated earlier, it's so much deeper than that. But that's a much later topic, however. So, right now, I'll just get into its origins and its place in our present society. So, to be completely honest with you, communications is as old as life on Earth itself. The moment the first amoeba, or form of life, was made, was when communications was born. However, this was a very basic form of it, since I don't think amoebas could talk or think. So, it made all the difference, still. It made all the difference for the microscopic life living in the oceans and the ponds. This basic form of communications could honestly mean the difference between life and death for the small cells. As these small creatures evolved over millions of years, so did communications. These cells became amphibious creatures, like the weird fish with the legs that we see online and in school, in that uh, Darwin diagram, I believe. You know, they grew eyes, they grew ears, noses, limbs, touch receptors, pain receptors nervous systems, lungs, everything of the sort. Now, as these creatures grew more and more complex, so did the communications they used. However, it wasn't until intelligent life came to be that communications ended up really growing in size. So, as I stated earlier, as humans grew, So did their vocal and their mental communications. 
Now I know that these two forms existed previous to the earliest humans, but you have to understand that these were nothing more than grunts and roars. You know, as expected of cavemen. On the mental side of things, I don't think there was all that there, since life was not sentient, and thus did not think too hard about, you know, their life and their choices. Anyways, as these new forms of communication started to thrive and grow, until humans started to develop our most prominent form of communication, languages. By far, language is one of the main ways on how commun humans communicate with each other. Easily. From the oldest recorded language being Tamil, then to Latin and Greek next. From here, humanity kind of reached a sort of impasse with the fall of Rome. So, European languages started popping up left and right. The western area of Europe tended to adopt the Latin alphabet from Rome and turn it into Germanic language, Germanic, Germanic languages, from which Old F English, French, and German, and other languages were formed. In the eastern part of Europe, many countries adopted the Greek alphabet and turned it into the many Slavic languages that we know today. These languages developed over time, and eventually, they became the current forms of the languages that we know and love and speak today. My uh, third topic is how communication fits into modern life and my experience with it. Now, communications, as I said, is extremely important in our day-to-day -day lives. I would say that communications, in all of its forms, is way more important than it was a decade ago, or dare I say even five years ago. Although human-to-human -human interactions are still dominated by voice, a massive part of what makes up our communication nowadays is through digital means. Digital media and communications constantly take place in our day-to-day -day lives, whether it be through texting, emails, social media, etc., etc., etc. If you want to know how important digital communications is today, and maybe in the future, you just have to look at the statistics. Where 59% of the total world population are active internet users. That's over 3.5 billion people. You know, 23 billion texts are sent a day. In the United States of America alone, 6 billion phone calls are made a day. Insane. You know, it just goes to show how important digital communications is in our modern society. It is so prominent, in fact, that multiple different internet cultures are formed out of this form of communications. Memes, which are 
think the most recognizable out of all of these, at least for the younger generations, are a form of videos or images that carry a cultural reference or cultural value and, and or joke. You know, and as I said, they're probably the most recognizable out of all of the internet, the forms of internet cultures. A staple of internet cultures are its inside jokes in different communities. I haven't seen, honestly, one community without this. Each community has, you know, their different jokes and the different things that they say in reference to the community's topic or content. It could be a video game, whatever. You know, where an outsider looking in might understand it, but the people who partake in the community or play the content or see the content of the community know. Now, I believe internet communities to be an extremely good thing. It gives anybody a platform to speak on different issues and situations, and it allows for those who, you know, who don't have that voice to speak in person, but to speak online. It gives people a platform. It gives them a voice. Now, I, I believe this communication to be really important for society uh, since it you know doesn't hurt to have that dialogue at least in most cases it doesn't it can and already has been extensively criticized for uh, allowing radicals to speak on issues although this isn't necessarily a bad thing it can turn pretty bad pretty quick in some cases it's very easy for those looking to spread hate to get a platform online. Although, in a lot of cases nowadays, a, a person's platform dissolves when other people realize what they're doing and criticize and talk about it online, which is known as what we call cancel culture. Now, other than social issues, what is the internet good for? Well, I would say a lot of things, in fact. You know, it allows for somebody to meet and chat with a lot of like-minded people. It gives a person almost endless hours of entertainment per day through YouTube, social media, whatever. No, and most importantly, I believe that it allows people to communicate in the way that they've never communicated before. Communicating on the internet is really easy to do, honestly. And I argue that it, sometimes communicating, talking with people online is much easier than talking with people in person. You know, social media is an amazing example of this, especially nowadays with the pandemic. You know, it gives the person using social media a sense of freedom in how they communicate. And the person's reach in social media is solely determined on how they choose to communicate and who they try to communicate to. You know, due to the extensive and complicated algorithms that many of these social medias use, people who think in a similar way to you or consume similar content to you could be interested in your output of communications and content that you've that you've shown that you've put out. 
Now, here's, here's the catch, because there's always one. There's always a catch. Um, with a lot of social medias, it's a very one-sided approach. You know, take YouTube, for example. YouTube is the most popular social media site. With over 2 billion users worldwide. You know, it's largely considered the most effective video marketing uh, video platform by marketers. Um, I believe that every uh, every minute an hour of YouTube content is uploaded to the site, which is absolutely insane. Now, uh, let's say you upload a video, right? You know, a comedy sketch, commentary, reaction video, you know, doesn't matter. And uh, it goes viral or gains some traction, you know? The people who are watching, liking, commenting on your video. Sad to say this, but they're strangers. You don't know them. They're random people somewhere in the world that you... 99% chance that you don't know them that are watching and interacting with you as a creator. And you don't know who they are. You don't know what they do. Nothing like that. You know, for all you know, they could be a small child or they could be an 80-year-old man. You don't know with social media. Because it's so easy to be anonymous. You know, here's my point. When you upload a video or post on your social media, it's an extremely one-sided approach to communication. You know, the audience, the strangers, you know, the small child, the 80-year-old man, they see what you upload. They, from those uploads and from the content that you put out, they generate a false image of you in your head, in their head. It's kind of like a warped reality kind of situation, Right? And they, they kind of consider you relatable or sometimes your friend, even though they don't know you, right? There's that disconnect between creator and audience. And, and that's why, and that's what I find the problem is with entertainers and those who openly receive that type of communication, that type of content. All right, let's switch gears. So uh, here's my experience with communications. So, like many others, I was exposed to the internet when I was very young, around seven or eight years old. My parents had gotten me an iPod Touch, and I was ecstatic. Now, I really didn't do much since I wasn't allowed to do much. I mostly just watched YouTube videos and played some phone games. But when I did, I felt so happy. You know, as I stated before, I loved the content, and sometimes I considered the content creator my friend. It was crazy, for whatever weird reason. You know, that communication affected me in my social lifestyle, because a lot of the time I subconsciously adopted the mannerisms and the comedic style of the people I watched, and I incorporated them into my own form of comedy or just life. You know, sometimes, even today, that'll happen. It's 
just goes to show how impressionable people can be and how easy they are to change with communications. All right, well, that does it. Uh, This is the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Hope you learned something new or looked at something with a different perspective today. Uh, This was a Mediacom's podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo, and I will talk to you all later. Goodbye.